people need to see. We need to hear stories from unheard and underrepresented voices so that other people can go, oh, hey, I relate to that. Like, we're all human. We all have these same struggles. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the She's So Real podcast. I'm your hostess, AJ Joyce, where we dive in each week to chat with multifaceted women in the film and entertainment industry who believe in diversity and inclusion through their work and the media. I'm a digital creator and a black girl nerd with a background in fun movie reviews, film enthusiasm, and girl power advocacy who's obsessed with creating a space for talented, badass women. Grab your drink and your popcorn because these ladies are the real deal. Allison Powell is my lovely guest today. Since moving to LA from North Carolina, Allison has been involved in projects as an actor, writer, director, producer, and resident tea drinker. You and I both, girl. I love me some tea. Her short film, Black Widow Origins, got rave reviews from Movie Pilot News and toured the country with the Geek Film Fest. Now, let me just say, this little short film is not associated with the MCU slash Disney universe, but she put this thing out way before Black Widow. The whole movie idea was even becoming of what it is now. So, She's ahead of the game in comparison to what it is, but she's highly looking forward to it, just like I am. So, Allison, mic drop. (laughs) She will be premiering her first film feature coming this summer, which I'll let her tell you about that in our fun conversation. I love Allison's fun attitude, and there is something about her that's even more awesome that I enjoy about her. She offers something that most people look for within their work confidence and validation, especially if you're working with a coach or a mentor of such. And she gives that. Allison's motto is make it happen, where she puts into play with her coaching. Allison offers a -a one-of-a-kind service where she can help you make your film project a reality. Today, we catch up with Allison about her current projects and how she continuously helps people add filmmaker to their resume through her coaching. Let's hear what she has to say, shall we? Did you know over 192,000 new podcasts were launched in 2019 and I was one of them? Have you ever wanted to share your opinion but not break the bank? I have just a thing for you, girl. It's called Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch and promote and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters like myself already using Buzzsprout to get their message out into the world. Like me, Buzzsprout can't wait to amplify your message. Let's create something great with Buzzsprout. Follow the link in the show notes, let Buzzsprout know that I sent you, and you can get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan today. All right, Allison, it's great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I love hearing your excitement in your voice. It gets me like excited. (laughs) Good, good, good. That's what we want. Allison, I think you are on the route of 
making some big moves here. But before we get into that, can you tell us how you even got started on this route of being a filmmaker and all these other titles that you have under you? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Well, I definitely do refer to myself now as a filmmaker. I think it's just an easier catch-all term than being like, a lot of times I produce, and but then sometimes I direct, and sometimes I'm writing, and sometimes I'm acting. We're just <laughs> like, okay, I'm a filmmaker. Let's keep it simple. I've always loved performing, and I grew up doing community theater in North Carolina. That's where I'm from. I did a lot of shows at our local community theaters there and ended up going to college and majoring in theater. And really, all I knew from movies and and watching movies and and TV shows and being such a big fan was seeing all the actors. And I knew a little bit about the behind the scenes process, but it never really occurred to me that that is a career that you can do. Like that's a job that someone can have. So I moved out to LA, uh, was lucky to do some short film projects and some student films and, you know, one indie feature had a small part in, but just was really getting frustrated with a lack of control. I'm a person who likes to have control in my life. Who doesn't? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And just not getting auditions for roles that I thought I could play, not getting cast in things, not getting called in for anything, and just really wanting to take control of my career and do something else. And I ended up having like a really random coffee date with someone, which you do a lot in LA where they're just like, let's meet up and talk about things. (laughs) So we did. And this guy was like, yeah, let's make a project together. Like, let's just make something. And I said, okay, well, I, I don't know. I don't have any ideas. I don't know. Everybody wants a Black Widow movie. Let's make that. Which at the time I did not realize how ambitious of a project that that would be given that I was like (laughs) pitching a superhero movie but I was like yeah let's do it that's totally normal and fine and so lo and behold I just couldn't let go of this idea and end up writing a script finding a director Uh, that was my first really big project that I produced and I acted in it as well and wrote it and just through that experience like when I finished filming I woke up the next morning and I was like I could just jump over a building right now. Like I feel (laughs) so empowered. I am a superhero now. I can do anything I want. And I just fell in love with that and with the creative process that is putting together the right team to execute a vision on screen. And it gave me a lot of control in roles that I could play. You know, I could write them for myself or I could say, Hey, I'll produce this for you, but I'd really like to audition for this part and just control in what stories were being told and shown on screen. Like people had been wanting a Black Widow movie for forever, but Marvel was like, I don't know about a woman leading a movie. Maybe let's not. I know, so I know. <laughs> I, you know, you know. So I was just said, okay, well, this is, you know, these are stories that people need to see. We need to hear stories from unheard and underrepresented voices so that other people can go, oh, hey, I relate to that. Like we're all human. We all have these same struggles. And so I really just kind of fell backwards into filmmaking, didn't go to film school, learned everything that I know about producing on set, on the job, just kind of jumped into the fire and was like, well, here we go. Gonna (laughs) learn how to do it. I mean, like, that's honestly the best way sometimes, like, you know, you, you can be in a classroom and they can give you the book, but ultimately you're going to have to throw yourself in there in order for, to really learn the experience altogether. I mean, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) Absolutely. 
you know? Oh, wow. That's such an exhilarating time. Wow. Let me ask you another one. You know, since you did the Black Widow origins, Mm -hmm. you know, and did that, Mm -hmm. and with now Marvel's Black Widow being, like, coming out or anything, do you have any, like, associations of that? And also, what do you think now? Now that it's a full-time movie, of course, after Endgame and the rest of the hype, you know? I don't have any associations with them. Let me be extremely clear so that doesn't sue zero. <laughs> I wish, you know, part of me would love to feel like somebody at Marvel watched it and was secretly like, oh yeah, there is such a great story here. Because her character is fascinating. I mean, her backstory is just rife with like movie after yes. movie after movie. There's so much you can tell there. Natasha Romanoff is a badass. Ugh. Oh, 100%. <laughs> So I don't have any associations with them, but I'm super excited for the movie. I was, I am planning on going to the midnight premiere. I think it's been pushed back the release. So whenever it comes out, like I'm there to support with my dollars, I will be voting hard for Natasha Romanoff (laughs) in the theater. But sadly, I don't have any association with it at all. At the time when I was making it, I kept jokingly being like, this is my $10,000 audition for the Black Widow movie. But that is not what ended up happening. So, oh, well. <laughs> well, now that it's it's coming to fruition, you know, do you think that we'll see more of these movies? Of course, we have Wonder Woman on the way as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marvel has slated other superhero movies, but it's still questionable about who is actually, you know, the female leads in them. You know, we have the Eternals Mm -hmm. and there's Angelina Jolie in there. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. a couple others. What direction do you see that going now that you've already had the background in that? I think ultimately, well, uh, I feel two different ways. Ultimately, Hollywood's pretty conservative. Like we have to be honest about that. They, it's a business and they are always going to vote or uh, green light green light projects that they think are going to be a good return on investment, which a lot of times also means things that are going to do really well overseas and in the foreign box office, big temple movies with big bankable names that mostly are older white men. But the trend that I see kind of happening, especially on streaming services is mostly people are interested in story and character and people are really starting to vote with their eyeballs and with their dollars as audience members on things that have a good story and a good character, whether or not it's got a ton of action or a really recognizable name, as long as it's got that heart and that character that just makes you want to tune in and watch it. My hope is that ultimately that's where the industry is going to end up going. And that story is going to go back to being sort of the queen of what's being made. And it's going to be less about well, you know, is this name going to be big enough that we're going to have a massive opening weekend in China? Or is it going to be, well, this story is so touching and so moving and people are going to spread through word of mouth and say, oh, have you seen blah, blah, blah? You need to go and see it. It's incredible. So <laughs> that's, that's what I hope is that, and then we can see maybe like a marriage of the two where we have these incredible movies like Wonder Woman that had such a beautiful heart and story and was a big tentball action movie. They don't have to be mutually exclusive right. either. So that's my, that's my hope on where I see things going. Got it. Got it. Well, now that you've 
you know, you've established yourself as your own authority as a filmmaker, you know, and you're taking on the ranks of teaching others on how to do their first projects. How does that feel? You know, first you taught yourself, now you're just giving someone else the skills to do it. It's amazing. It is one of the most fulfilling things that I can do because when I first started out, well before I made Black Widow, the first thing that I ever produced in air quotes, (laughs) has never seen the light of day. I've never seen the footage. I don't need to see the footage to know that it's horrible. It's not usable. (laughs) It's not good. I'm sure I like, I know, I know it's bad. I don't need to see it. But what I learned through that project, which I spent about $60 on, I bought people lunch was many important things like you need to communicate better so that everyone knows when you're filming, you shouldn't film without a sound person who's recording stuff. You definitely shouldn't film outside next to really noisy air conditioners because you won't be able to hear anything. And so I made that project and then I made a couple other really tiny things for, I think like a hundred dollars. I shot maybe four episodes of something. So I guess like 25 bucks a pop for these little tiny X-Files spoof web series things, sketches. Oh, they're super fun. (laughs) Um, And what I I really wanted when I was making those was just to have somebody that would tell me, you need to do this and not this. If you have money, spend it on this thing, not this thing. But I didn't have anyone like that. So I had to just learn everything myself. And so now when people reach out to me and say, Hey, I'm thinking about making my own project. Can you help me out? Can I ask you some questions? I almost always say yes, which is then when I was realizing like, okay, I can't keep giving away my time for free because I'm doing other things. And what I learned has value and needs to be treated as such. But also, of course, like I want to help. I want to tell people, okay, if you have any money at all, it has to go to food. Food and coffee, number one. Number two is sound. Anything else you can kind of piece together. But it's just, it's just so meaningful for me because I see people have the same realization and feeling that I had, especially when I talk to actors who start making their own projects, is you go from being this person that is constantly wanting people to like you and essentially almost begging and living your whole life from this viewpoint of like, do you think I'm worth it? Do you think I'm good enough? Do you think I'm pretty enough? Do you think I'm funny enough? Do you think I'm smart enough? Do you think, you know, and looking for this external validation and then you write your own project and you get everybody on set and you make your own thing. And then you can send it out to people and say, look, I made this happen. The confidence that you get is just, it's invaluable. You can't put a price on it because then you can walk into any room with any other filmmaker and feel straight up like you can have a conversation with them because you're the same everybody's just a filmmaker then at that point um and I just think it's so so important for everyone to learn how to share their stories and make them all happen so it just it's like my most favorite thing in the world oh I I could just feel the passion come from you as you talk about it (laughs) I love it I love it (laughs) good 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 so as you're teaching others, what impacts have you made so far with your current cohorts that are under you? Well, one, which is one of my favorites, is this woman named Sylvia, who 
spent so much time volunteering as a production assistant on a lot of sets that I was working on. And she would always come on and she was always so humble and would work so hard and just said, you know, I'm just here to learn. I know I want to make my own thing one day. I'm just observing. I'm just learning. And because she worked so hard and volunteered her time, the minute that she called me and was like, okay, I have a thing. I'm ready to make it. I said, all right, let's make it. You know, what do you need? How can I help? Because she had been such uh, an asset to me on my projects. And she wrote her first thing. I helped her, you know, decide who maybe to bring on as a DP, things that she needed to focus on that she didn't realize because every script is different and we can kind of get in, into that in a different moment. Um, <laughs> but she, I was like, you really need to figure out what your plan is for production design. Your script is very production design heavy, which you might not realize when you're reading things or writing things from an actor writer point of view. But I'm now looking at this from a production point of view and I'm telling you, you need to think about that. And she made her first short film. It's hilarious. It's a dark comedy about a couple that murders people together. So it's very (laughs) dark, but it's quite fun. And it got into the Cleveland International Film Festival this year, which I'm so proud of her. And then Cleveland canceled because of coronavirus. That is true. That is true. (laughs) So I'm so, I'm like so elated for her and then so disappointed at the same time. Of course, it's the smart thing to do. but. And she can always say, you know, official selection for Cleveland International Film Festival, which is a huge film festival. But unfortunately, she wasn't able to go. So that's probably like one of my proudest moments of seeing this person who also had that experience of being somebody always seeking that validation and being a little bit quiet and a little bit timid. And like the few, you know, after I saw her, after she finished filming, like you could just see it on her face and in her body language. Glowing, you know? Uh- just like, yeah, you just don't care anymore. Like, but in such a positive way where you're just like, it doesn't matter. I made my own thing. So whatever, like whatever you (laughs) want to say about me is fine, but I've got my own internal validation. That's way worth way more than you can ever give to me. So whatever. Snap, snaps. (laughs) Exactly. Snap, snaps. So that, that's just wonderful that she made it that far. Congrats to you, especially being her teacher. That's great. Thank you. All right, y'all. I have something to share. The secret is out. She's So Real finally has its own community. Yes, girl. The realists. That's right. <laughs> I'm getting excited just thinking about it. This community is an extension of the podcast and the blog. The space is created for talented, badass women in the film and entertainment industry, just like my intro says, in order to support one another. You guys are supposed to share resources and news, network, advocate for more girl power on and off screen. Use this community for inspiration, positivity, expertise, skill development, think pieces, and much more. Ultimately, our mission is to bring your passion to reality with the support of these women. Have fun in there, and don't forget to invite any other ambitious women that you know in the industry. You can find the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to see you in there. As you encounter more students under you, what kind of challenges 
do you face when you're teaching others how to make their first project is in terms of things that they don't understand or they have to realize like they have to work harder just to make sure the mm-hmm. script goes here or, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that I find and one of the dangers that I see in people is they are always looking for somebody else to sort of be a white knight and come in and just save them and take over the project and do all of the work for them. And if you want to do that, then we can have a conversation about hiring me as a producer, hiring someone else as a producer. I try to discourage that though, because it kind of goes back to the old adage of, you know, if you teach a man to fish, he'll eat forever. But if you just give him some fish, then you don't learn anything. Right. I'm totally butchering that, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so having to convince people that just because I've been brought on to coach you through this does not mean I'm going to do the work for you. I will be here to answer all of your questions. I will give you templates. I will explain to you every step of the process that you need to know to be successful, but you are going to have to go out and interview people that you might want to hire as a director. You are going to have to listen to your own gut as to who you should hire as a DP. You are going to have to call locations and talk to them and answer the questions that they have. And so that's that's the biggest challenge, I think, is convincing people that they can do this, that they will grow from doing this, that learning how to do this once, I always encourage people to do it on a small scale You'll learn the same thing spending $500 as you will spending $5,000 and it's way better to start small so that then they can just grow and expand and move up from there. And I also see so many people, then they want to just pay someone to do it for them a lot more money and you don't need to spend as much money on that. You can learn how to do it yourself. I promise you. So that's, that's probably the biggest challenge that I see is people want someone to come in and solve all their problems for you. And that's, that's just not how it works in the industry. You have to do the hard work yourself, even if you're working with other people. I mean, especially if you want to be paid the big bucks down at the Mm -hmm. end of the road. I mean, yeah, hard work is hard work. And I mean, it happens in any industry too. I mean, yeah, absolutely. The work has to show for itself that you did it. So Mm -hmm. that makes perfect sense. When it comes to you as a teacher, you have to constantly be on your grind of growth, basically, and be on mm-hmm. your A game. How do you stay on top of that while balancing having these students under you? I always am trying to continue to make my own projects or be hired on other projects and not just work as a coach. I definitely see a lot of people who become a coach, or I mean, I guess they're mostly called coaches in some area, but then they stop working in that area. And especially in the film industry, the knowledge that you gain this year could be irrelevant next year. I mean, just look at how much streaming expanded so quickly. If somebody's coming and talking to me about how I'm going to sell my feature film to Walmart on DVD, I'm like, honey, bye. That's not, (laughs) (laughs) that's not how it happens anymore. That's not how it works anymore. Your information's outdated. So I'm always trying to stay relevant, I guess, and just like active in the industry so that my information is constantly being updated. Because there's plenty of things that I have never done as a producer. I've never filed for a film LA permit here in LA. You know why? Because I make projects that are small enough to not need them. And I don't want to go. It's very expensive. It's a lot of paperwork. It's a big headache. 
So that's something that I need to learn how to do. I'm working on a project now with a co-producer of mine that we will need to file some LA permits. You can bet I'm going to be saying, Lola, I want to sit next to you. I'm going to look at what you're writing down so that when it comes my turn to do it, now I know how to do that skill. I just produced my first animated short, which is wrapping up animation, whatever you say which is something I had never done before. And I am also, whenever we can go and film things again, I'm working on my first project that has ballet and dance as a major story component Mm. and working with choreographers. So even though these are all short films, you don't necessarily have to go out and make a feature or web series to do something to challenge you. These are all tiny new skills that I'm pulling in and saying, yes, I have worked on an animated project. Yes, I have done research to get a documentary started. Yes, I have done these things so that then I can pass that on to uh, people that I'm working with. That's wonderful. What is your ultimate goal as a coach? Oh, man. I mean, I would love my ultimate goal as a coach. I mean, I love that Sylvia's project gone in to Cleveland. I really like just seeing how much more confident people are after making a project or even after just talking to me sometimes and I'll go, Hey, you know, you're doing everything right. You're on the right track. All I'm doing on this phone call is telling you, yeah, your gut instinct is correct. You should follow that. And they go, Oh, (laughs) okay. And I go, yeah, you're fine. Like you're that inner voice they need. (laughs) Exactly. You have an inner voice for a reason. Trust it. So I love that. I guess my I'm trying to think what my biggest goal is. What I would love is to have people that I have worked with then refer other people to come work with me. That to me is the biggest compliment of saying, I got something of value from working with Allison. She helped me put my first project together, get it made. It's out on screen. I can share it around. I learned so much. I gained this much confidence. I don't know if that's a goal though, but that would be like the biggest compliment for me. In terms of compliment, it's your own personal goal, and I will take it. <laughs> okay, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, just making an impact with being able to help other people share their stories and get get them out there. I think that's wonderful that you highlight that so much. Is Let's say, for instance, if there was a person who is about to hire you as a coach, mm-hmm. what is your first piece of advice that you give them starting off? Make sure your script is ready to be filmed. And if you don't know if it's ready to be filmed, let's send it to me. I'll look it over on our next phone call. I'll tell you all the things. This, this beautiful segue into what I was like, <laughs> maybe we'll get into that later. There are a couple of big things that I see in scripts a lot that to me says they're not ready to film. And I don't mean they're not good. I don't mean it's not a good story. The dialogue's bad or the character's bad or anything. I'm talking from a very practical production standpoint. It's not ready to film. The first and biggest thing I see is chunks of description that are not broken up. So you will read something that's in like a huge paragraph chunky form saying, she walks into the kitchen. She puts a, she gets the tea kettle. She fills it up at the sink. She puts it on the stove to boil water. She takes on a mug. She puts the tea bag in the mug. She pours water in the mug. The tea cup is steeping, blah, blah, blah. You can read all of that in like a minute. And it doesn't take up that much space on the page because you've chunked it all together in this paragraph. Now, if it's very important, 
that you see that she's making this cup of tea for whatever reason. And then you are expecting a shot of her getting the tea kettle, filling it with water, putting it on the stove, getting a mug, putting the tea bag in it, pouring water, letting the tea steep. I'm counting this out. This is already like seven shots. That's seven different setups for you on a day. That's going to take, depending on how sophisticated your lighting is, how big your camera team is, and you know what your DP wants and what your director wants, that could be four hours of shooting. I mean, it could be a lot more and it could be a lot less, but that's one of the big things I see is you need to go in and you need to break that up line by line, shot by shot. If you just need to know that like she's walking in the kitchen and getting comfortable, you can just say like she walks in the kitchen and makes herself at home. Then your DP and your director know that's going to be one shot establishing that she's just making some tea, whatever. I guess if like the tea bag is poisoned, it's very important and you're building the tension of like slowly <laughs> she's putting the water in and it's boiling and like all these things are happening. So that's number one. Um, the other thing is there's a lot of elements that go into filmmaking that people don't think about like production design. So this project where this um, couple is murdering people, their house was described as being very color-coded, almost OCD. So it was like everything that was cleaning supplies was yellow. Everything that was, I don't remember, like spices were green and like the cabinets were, it was all described very detail-oriented. And I read that and I said, you cannot be producing on set, acting on camera and worrying about if all these color-coded things are in order and in place, that's going to be impossible. You need to have a PA or a very experienced production designer doing this for you. One person that I coached had a project that had really specific special effects makeup needed for an illness. And so for that, I said, you're, you know, you're going to need to do makeup tests, preferably with the camera you're filming on with your makeup artist, because she's going to make something to represent this gooeyness coming out of someone's (laughs) face and you're going to need to know and decide how thick do you want it you know does it like drip slowly is it like the gooey ooze what color does it need to be to show up on the camera that you're using so a lot of times we get really excited and wrapped up in these stories that we want to tell and we don't think about these tiny little elements of how many shots or what the pieces are of film of a filmmaking team that we're leaving out like makeup production design Location is a big one I see, especially here in LA. People do a lot of stuff that takes place at bars or restaurants, which are just very expensive to rent here. So a lot of times I'll say like, okay, you can do this, but I need you to realize a third of your budget is going to go to your location. So that's like my number one thing is always, is your script ready to film? And again, just from a production standpoint, like, can you go in and film this tomorrow? Or do we need to break up some of those paragraphs, figure out what specialized team members you might need? And then we can go from there. Script ready, question mark, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, Allison, I think you got your process down and how you're teaching people and how to create their first feature films and little small projects. I think it's wonderful that you're doing that and highlighting Thank this. you. What thank was, you so much. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I know we could just go back and forth on compliments. I know, for sure, for sure. <laughs> what would be your best piece of advice, since you are an expert in this industry, for someone who is just now getting into it, who wants to be that filmmaker like you were in the beginning, who mm-hmm. wants to be an actor, writer, director, producer, all in one? The best piece of advice that I can give and that I give people all the time 
is you have to be comfortable saying you don't know how to do something. You have to be able to walk up to somebody and say, I don't know how to do that. Like I was just saying with film LA permits, I will say to my friend, I don't know how to fill out this. So I'm going to watch you do it. And I think we have to fill out two of them. So maybe I'm going to try to fill out the second one. You tell me if I'm doing anything wrong, (laughs) but I, I used to be that person that thought it was better to pretend that I knew how to do things. Somebody might ask me to do something or get something and I kind of walk away and maybe try, or then you come back and you're like, yeah, it wasn't working. Or like, I couldn't find it. I mean, we've all been there where we kind of like, we just won't admit that we don't know how to do something or we don't know what something is. And part of gaining this confidence from making these projects is I also realized a lot of the projects I made at the beginning were with a camera guy. We hit record on our own sound. So it was like a camera guy slash director and me hitting record on sound and making coffee for people. So there's plenty that I didn't know how to do and still don't know how to do. And being able to go up to someone and say, I don't know how to fill out SAG paperwork, or I don't know what an Apple box is, or I don't know how to do this or that is actually the biggest sign of confidence. And if somebody tells me now on a set that they don't know how to do something, I'm like, Oh, thank goodness. Because now I get to teach you how to do it, which I love. Or if I also don't know how to do it, we're both going to learn together even better. And then I have a guarantee that everyone is going to be safe because nobody's going to be messing around with equipment, which can be dangerous on film sets. You know, things are plugged into electricity. There's big cars. There's lots of elements that can be dangerous if they're handled improperly. So rather than having somebody wandering around my set, acting like they know how to do something, I know that they have the confidence to admit they don't know how to do something, which takes a huge amount of confidence in my book. And they go way up in esteem for me because I'm like, whoo, I like you. I like that you have the confidence to say you don't know how to do it. Let's figure out how to make this coffee in this weird coffee pot together. Maybe we're going to have to search a YouTube video on how to do it, but then we'll both know. And then when I need something done or I need to hire somebody on another project, I will remember that person because it shows me A, they have a lot of confidence and B, they really care about learning and growing in the industry. They're not just here to play at being a filmmaker or have a good time on set and take selfies. They are really here to learn and to work. So number one is be willing to admit you don't know how to do something. I really like that piece of advice because it's, it's hard sometimes when your pride gets in the way. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, well, I think I know it, but you know, I'm just going to pretend for now and and see how it goes. You know, it's easy to get by until once you basically fuck up. So (laughs) yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Like I was, we were doing some reshoots for my feature and we had used ratchet straps to mount this whole camera on the hood of the car and whatever. And I said to the guy next to me, when we were breaking down, I said, Hey, I've never taken apart ratchet straps. I'm going to watch you do it. And then I'll do it. And he goes, Oh, I don't know how to do it either. And I said, Oh my gosh, like we would have already been done by now. If you had just said you did not do it, that we could have asked our DP. We could have both been working. And now we're both standing here just like, well, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to take them down. So hundred percent, always be willing to just say, I don't know how to do it. Listen, it's such a pleasure to talk (laughs) with you. Besides the projects that you mentioned already, is there any other projects that we should look forward to in the future from you? Those ones are going to be made, you know, whenever we can make them. 
I'm using this time to sketch out a new idea for a feature. So we'll, that one's in super, super early stages. Uh, and then my feature hopefully will be released sometime over the summer when everybody needs something new to watch. You can keep an eye out for Banging Laney. Um, I'll let you know when it's out, what platforms it's on. Exciting, exciting. Well, Allison, before we close shop, we have a segment here where we get real with the audience. Are you okay. ready? I'm so ready. <laughs> I hope I'm ready. <laughs> Allison, what is your favorite movie right now? Galaxy Quest. Oh my gosh, that's a classic. It's so good. <laughs> I'm never not in the mood to watch it. It always makes me laugh 100%. Love Galaxy Quest. I don't know what it is about it, but I love every moment in there. It's so good. It's so good. What is your favorite TV show right now? Right now, I would say I've really been enjoying Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I just Mm. have started watching that. So I'm, I think I'm almost done with season two. I'm pretty early on. And it's been a while since I've laughed so hard. I've almost choked on my dinner a few times Holy because moly. I'm laughing so much. <laughs> so at the moment when we all need a good laugh, I'm probably going to go Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And your favorite snack that you eat at this? Popcorn. That's right. Classic. Right? Can't, you can't mess go it up. wrong. You can't go wrong. I mean, even though it's the noisiest snack besides candy bags, <laughs> like- <laughs> it's the best it's the best so worth it so worth it Allison I enjoyed every second of this you have to come back on the show oh I would love to (laughs) thanks again Allison ready to stop firing the Instagram algorithm and start building your email list like me I thought so meet my marketing secret weapon Flowdesk Rather, if you're an entrepreneur, a content creator, or an artist, you can use Flowdesk to create campaigns in minutes that grow your business, gain more followers, and make passive money. I mean, like, who doesn't like making money in their sleep? Flowdesk gives you the ability to design emails with stunning templates people will actually love in their inbox and look great in any device. To stay on brand, Flowdesk gives you the creative freedom to use custom brand colors and fonts so you can be on top of your marketing game. The best part is you can have unlimited subscribers with no upgrade fees or penalties. Support this female-owned business by signing up today for 50% off your monthly subscription forever. Flowdesk. Email marketing just got a whole lot easier. Wasn't that fun? Allison just cracks me up. Be sure to watch out for Banging Laney coming out this summer. Knowing Allison, it's going to be spectacular and just a treat for you. Again, if you haven't already, please, please, please submit your reviews. Again, the more reviews you leave, the better it can make the show for you. Not for me, for you. Okay. (laughs) There'll be a link in the show notes that go directly to Apple Podcasts where you can leave your review. Also, please grab your female Citrek movie calendar that is free to you. Yes, free. F-R-E-E, free. Woo! Yes, I made it just for you. 365 days of movies just filled with girl power on and off screen. I hope you get it and enjoy it, especially during this quarantine where we're all kind of stuck at home. There's plenty of different genres on there. There's plenty of things to see that is on that calendar. So get it. It's in the show notes waiting for you. As always, 
Stay safe. Stay healthy. Be careful out there. Be groovy. Be real. Whoop whoop. I hope you enjoyed this episode of She's So Real. If you loved it as much as I did, head on over, rate, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every week on Thursday. I would love to hear more from you on topics you want to hear. Head to the show notes and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next. I can't wait to hang out with you all again soon. Remember, keep it real. Thank you.